Welcome back to Lala Beams. It's me, Lala. This is episode 64, and I believe it is my third solo episode. I had someone ask me if I had a testimonial uh, episode on my podcast so that they could share it to someone that um, was... was deceived by um, the new age ideologies Uh, obviously my content on my Instagram has been um, focusing on that a lot lately so they wanted to send it to someone in hopes that they would be able to relate so I told them I will work on that and I did a little bit uh, of it on my first kind of coming out as a Christian episode with Adri a few months back But I was such, such a, such a newborn baby Christian, and I still am, but even more so then. And I still was very unsure about a lot of stuff, and, you know, I'm still learning every single day. But I wanted to reminisce on this whirlwind of the past four months and uh, where I am at this point in time. So I'll start with who I was, my background, and growing up, I was uh, raised by two Christian parents. Um, My dad, who was a Christian, but very hypocritical, a horrible example of what a Christian should be. I went to many different churches as I moved around a lot, and I didn't have a problem with the church. I had a problem with the way he acted as a Christian, very, very judgmental, um, was abusive. He had eight kids with six wives. Um, I said to myself, I don't want to be a Christian if that's what that is. My mother, on the other hand, was a Christian, but she wasn't very involved in the church after we had been separated by uh, their divorce, but she always emulated Christ and she didn't really talk that much about it so when i turned uh, like 14 is when i started becoming like really really bad i've been arrested um a few times before i even turned 18 and i was doing drugs i was um really rebellious teenager like to the extreme and Uh, We definitely weren't going to church at that time. My brother, actually, he had uh, went to church begrudgingly at the age of 17 and had an experience similar to mine, which I'll go into. And he was changed, born again at that point in time. He is a perfect example of what a Christian should be. He is the most genuine heart and soul beaming with compassion so i've always respected him in the in that way however we did have many 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 discussions on his ideas my ideas what i thought the bible was at this point in time there was a a book called the truth contest which i've referenced on this that uh is completely off the internet now i can't find it but uh, it, de- it it dissected the Bible. And my guess is they took it off the internet because they were... Uh, <laughs> they probably came back to Christ and realized that they were spreading like a lot of deception. 
that that's my guess. I don't know, but uh, I can't find it anymore. And so I used a lot of that in my arguments with him. And then um, we kind of stopped talking about it after that. He continued on his journey through being um, a follower of Christ. And I went into Eastern religion. I studied different books from um, out of Hinduism, Buddhism. I loved Albert Einstein and like studying the pseudoscience of all of his ideas and thought I had everything figured out. Thought there was a little bit of the truth in everything. And... So there is the way that I look at it now is we take all of these ideas and we do a build a bear of a religion that we want to believe whatever we think is true, right? There's a little bit of truth in everything. There's a little bit of deception in everything, right? So we take all the ideas out there and we put the pieces together that we like. And that is what new age is to me. Now, there are some key components of it that um, a lot of people say and there is just a lot of uh, how I see it now like mockingbird type of situation and so this this is what I've been kind of investigating and, and, and this is my testimony so before I get into my testimony I do want to say a prayer um, and I want to say a prayer for myself and as well as uh, anyone who is listening to this because it will just center me here with the Spirit and we want to make sure that the Holy Spirit is here with us as we talk about this. So um, let's go ahead and do that. Heavenly Father, um, I thank you so much for giving me this platform to be able to share my story and my love for you through these airwaves. I thank you so much for bringing me home every single day, Lord. I would like to ask of you to please have me say the right words to whoever is listening to this, that I get through to them, that my story touches them, that you put the right people listening to this that need to hear it, that even if they're not completely ready to come home, that it will plant the seed for them to consider that everything that I say comes through as ultimate truth, universal truth, Lord, I pray this. And I pray that anyone who is listening to this, who's lost and confused, and that they have any walls up that you would work on breaking those down, Lord. I pray that anyone who is out there who is tired of being deceived, that they just want to know the truth, that you draw them to, to you, that you soften their heart, and that you break the walls that they have built around their heart. Put the right people in their past to guide them home, and show them the right things in order to understand who you are, what your relationship is, and how much you truly love them. I pray that you have everything that I say and come out of my mouth right now. Just be the Holy Spirit working through me so that I can bring even just one soul home through this recording, Lord. And I, I pray that you continue to use me for your will. I pray that I pray for protection for my family and for anyone who is listening to this in the spiritual war because we we are in a spiritual realm that we cannot perceive and we need to put the armor of God on every single day, Lord. And we thank you for that protection. And we pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 
Okay, so my testimony, you know where I came from, you know where my beliefs are. I became extremely aware of the spiritual warfare when I started to consider what the world looked like around us. All of the deception, and only some of us can see it. How many times have you talked to someone about the vax or literally anything that can be backed by factual evidence and they react either with an emotional response or you show them the facts and they literally cannot see it. This is what is happening right now with the spiritual blindness blindness that I am trying to pierce through. However, um, this is what also made me see that this is spiritual because the facts are there, the evidence is there, and these people can't see the evil standing right in front of them. And so... When I started to notice that, that's when I started to realize this is all warfare of the spirit. And at this point in time, I was still exactly where I was um, and what I explained in the first part of this. But I prayed and I prayed to God for the first time in about 10 years. I may have prayed to him out of desperation or because I really wanted something or needed something of him. Um, I remember I prayed or I, I don't know if it was a prayer, but I was crying desperately uh, like when I was like 28. So about five years ago or so. And I was like really just over being single because I was single for most of my 20s. And I was just praying for like someone to come in my life. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. But if I was praying or just crying. But um, anyways, he knows all. And I got a relationship a relationship of the the worst possible things that you can imagine that happened. And now I see that and I interpret it as, okay, so you were so desperate for a relationship, but just not desperate enough to have a relationship with me. And um, so he gave me what I wanted, right? He gave me that relationship and another stepping stone towards him. And so I had not prayed in, in a... Uh, hot minute. So I, I will say this to that now that it's on my mind, when you are crying, when you are weeping, when you, when you, even whether you have God or not in your life, any tears of joy, any tears of sorrow, tears of frustration. Uh, these are the days when there are days when I'm sorry, I'm trying to read this. There are days when the tears fall like raindrops for all the world to see. And there are times when you hide your tears away so that no one can see. But God sees always. He knows every tear that falls and he writes them in the records of heaven. Psalm 56, 8. He holds your heart in his hands and your tears in his heart. It's not that God loves to see you in sorrow or in pain. It's not that he loves to see your tears, but he loves the way that your tears draw you nearer, still nearer to him. And um, we'll get into maybe a little bit of how, uh, you know, how pain works because he uses everything for his good to those who love him. And so the, this uh, prayer that I prayed when I started to become aware of the spiritual warfare, I prayed for God to protect me and my family and to give me endurance for the spiritual war. And I prayed for him to use me how he sees fit. I remember that it was that those words there, it, this is what always sticks out to me. And the reason why is because I aligned myself with God's will. 
when I aligned myself with God's will for me, this is when everything changed. Not overnight, not in that moment, but he heard me. So I belong to a group of community patriots that meet and they have a speaker every every time. So uh, less than a week later, I was at my meeting and these the speaker was a pastor and he talked about the importance of the church and how it's the church's responsibility to stand up against the cultural war and how no one is doing it. And he didn't even mention Jesus' name, I don't think. But the whole entire time, I related to everything he said and I agreed. And I, my, ha- my hair on my arms were standing up on edge and that was the Holy Spirit, now I know. But I was moved and I remembered my prayer. And so I walked up to him after and the church that he was the pastor of was a church that I had been to before because I played soccer with his daughter 20 years before that across the street from his church and my family had been there before. So I didn't recognize him, but I knew that church. And so I walked up to him and I asked him, how long have you been the pastor there? And he told me, you know, 20 years or whatever, whatever it was. And I was like, wow, like, is your daughter's name this? And he said, yeah. And so I told him, like, I know you from this. And he was like, oh, wow. Like, I told him, okay, I'm going to come to your church on Sunday. And I did. <laughs> um, so... When I, when I left, though, when I left the Community Patriots meeting, I knew I was being told that I should go to this church. And I thought to myself, oh, really? Like, I don't want to go to church. I don't think church is necessary. I felt like I wasn't going to get anything out of it, that it was kind of stupid. And so... I begrudgingly went. I get there, sitting in the parking lot thinking, you know, kind of almost ready to leave, not even go inside. But I did. I sit up in the balcony, far away from everyone. And the music starts. The worship music started and
The lyrics to the song is what broke me. The music flowing, the, the spirit working through the church. At this point, I don't know what any of this means. I'm saying it now knowing. But at that moment in time, I was having a breakdown and I didn't understand what was happening. There is this feeling when you feel God's love that you feel naked in the way that all of your sins are exposed. You realize just how just how much you're not living for God. And at the same time, you're feeling this overwhelming, unconditional love and embrace from our Heavenly Father. I was broken. I couldn't stop crying. I was trying to stop crying. Tears kept falling. I could I was having a spiritual experience with God. And I knew in my heart and soul that he was telling me how much he loved me and that no matter anything that I had ever done would matters. So when I left church that day, I was confused. <laughs> I was very confused. And I remember I said, okay, I, I get 
God. I know there's a God. I know that there's a spirit, but I don't understand Jesus. Like, I don't understand why I need to worry about this man. So I prayed and I said to God, I said, God, we please break down the walls around my heart and the chains around my heart and show me the truth. I don't care what it is. I just want to know the truth. And I want all deceptions to fall away. And um, later that same day, I walked outside and I saw a huge double rainbow. A huge <laughs> double rainbow that I've never seen before and it rains every single day here. The rainbow represents our covenant with God. I knew, I knew that the rainbow came from the Bible. I had no idea really, but intuitively I knew. And Genesis 9.13 says that I have set my rainbow in the clouds and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. And I knew in that moment that he was telling me and reminding me of the, our promise and, and showing me that he was happy, that I was obedient. And I also knew <laughs> that my life had changed forever. But I was still confused. And so... I started researching. I started researching Jesus and proof that he existed, proof that, and proof of the resurrection was a huge one for me. And I found everything I was looking for as far as evidence. And I also, you know, didn't fully trust the Bible, but I, I do remember that it was definitely getting there like I, I was so I was also researching the validity of the Bible and facts around you know the prophecies and the supernatural um, proofs that the Bible is living and breathing and that man was just the instrument that the spirit used to write it so I think I was researching this for about two, maybe like a week and a half. And like, I knew, like, I remember when they said, does anyone want to be baptized? And I did want to like that day, but I also was like unsure because of the blocks I had against Jesus. So I didn't. And I wanted to be baptized when I was a hundred percent sure that I had been changed and uh, that I wasn't going to go back, but I had that pool on the very first day. So when I open up my Bible, finally, after doing all of the research on all of this stuff, I don't even know how I got to John 14, but in John 14, um, there's a scene and he's talking to Philip. Jesus is talking. To um, and so Philip, this is John 14, eight and on. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, 
Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I spoke to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will also do, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son, and if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So when he said to Philip, haven't you been with me this whole time and you don't know the answer to that question? This is when it clicked for me, and I realized that he was what the important part was, that he was um, here manifested in the flesh to, you know, give us the gift of the spirit to reconnect back to God. And it still didn't make sense to me. I knew it clicked for me that day, I remember. But it didn't make sense to me in the way that I didn't understand why he had to come here and die for us like it was just very like a story like I didn't understand what actually happened until I started to consider the spiritual realm right so the spiritual realm is very very real and we have been conditioned to not even think about it we just we just think about this 3d realm like that we are, can only perceive but there's more that we cannot perceive and that's the spiritual realm so jesus promises another helper and he tells us that um he'll give us another helper that he may abide with you forever the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it never it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. And um, he, he tells us that the Spirit will literally dwell inside of you. This is the Spirit that he released, the same Spirit that resurrected, from, um, that resurrected him, that he left on earth for us. And it gives you power it gives you the power to stay comfy in really hard times and the power to discern the truth and you are no longer spiritually blind and it it answers as well in ephesians 1 13 in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation in whom also having believed you were sealed with the holy spirit of promise who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. So when you start having faith, you change your frequency from the God of this world, who is Lucifer, to our most high God, our Lord God in heaven. So when you have to kind of throw out all of the laws that we're bound to by the physical, because this is a universal spiritual law because it, that's what it's all about. It's about the spirit. 
And everyone says, oh, well, we're just children of God. All of us are. No, we are living in a fallen state right now. We are living in a fallen world. We are all sinners and we are separated from God. So I believe that like when we go to hell, that's just continued separation from God, unless you have redemption in Jesus Christ. So we are, we acquire sonship through the spirit. That's when we are adopted into the spirit. And you can read about that in Romans 8, 12 through 17. Um, and the Bible also tells us that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. It's not a fear like you're scared that he's going to hurt you. It's a reverent fear. Like think of someone who you really, really, really respect like maybe a boss or something like that who like you don't want to disappoint who has helped you a lot and um you just would hate for them to like see you a certain way and like be disappointed in you for whatever reason maybe it's your parent um this is the reverent fear that you should have for our almighty all-powerful creator of the universe um but so many do not so many do not and um so where was i so when i read that verse sorry i just go off into a bible tangent uh there's so many good scriptures but anyways so when i went and got that connection to the idea and i and then i started to realize that this about the spirit and what that did to me um i got baptized a few weeks later and I was already transformed at that point. Uh, you have a you go through a transformation of your mind, and you're born again in the spirit. And you 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 start to really con- change everything about your worldview because it's all based on um, scripture where it should be. And that's where I'm at now. So I've been doing a lot of research on history of the Bible and all of that. And just also trying to read the Bible as much as possible to form my new beliefs. And there's just so much in there. Um, There's one thing that I did want to say about uh, what I was talking about as far as the God of this world. And like just considering if if you're hearing this about the spiritual realm. There is a chance that you could be spiritually blind because it this is what's happening to the people who like I mentioned before about the vax they're blind they're deceived it's the same thing so even if our gospel is veiled it is veiled to those who are perishing in whose case the god of this world who is lucifer has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. They are blind to the truth of the gospel. And in that same breath, someone could be hearing this and thinking I'm absolutely crazy because the person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are only discerned through the spirit that's first corinthians 2 14 and this is exactly how i felt when people would start talking about the new age and tell me that it's luciferian i used to laugh at them scoff at them think they were actually retarded and poor souls 
for not understanding the intricacies of the universe the way I knew. That Don't they know that they could just meditate and get into a higher state of consciousness and evolve their consciousness into a higher frequency? <laughs> and I'm laughing. I'm not laughing at anyone who thinks this way. I'm laughing at me because I thought this way and I see the deception now. So this is what I've been trying to do is help share my story and my testimony to have others see it. And so I've been getting, um, and by the way, this is when I ask God to use me how he sees fit and talk about the spiritual war, this is exactly where, where he placed me now. This is my authority in this. God gives us authority, by the way. Everything that in the in our world is authority given, um, can only be given by God, right? So these people who worship Lucifer and who do all these different sacrifices, they're trying to get favor with their God. It's all spiritual. And um, so I've been getting a lot of um, attacks saying like I'm judgmental and I'm divisive and all of these things for exposing the new age. Now, so let's talk about that a little bit. Like there's a lot I've been exposing about the new age that is all based on facts. It's tied to Luciferian doctrine. Helena Blavatsky was a Luciferian, so was Alice Bailey, and all of their ideas, and uh, also Aleister Crowley, who basically was the original, like, Satanist, where the Church of Satan was founded on his principles, and so was Freemasonry, was also rubbing elbows with Helena Blavatsky, who is the, known as the mother of the New Age. These are facts. Their ideas of the seven root races and of evolving consciousness are channeled messages from demons. And that's all there is to it. There's a spiritual realm. And if you are not protected by the blood of Christ, because blood, the life is in the blood. This is why they do sacrifices. The blood of Christ is the most powerful thing to protect you from evil. He spilled his blood so we would be protected by evil. And so um, God put it on my heart to expose it. So I started to do that and people started getting really mad. And um, it's okay because I knew it would happen. You know, he made me extremely vocal about my beliefs so that I could be extremely vocal about my testimony. And so I'm being obedient to the Lord. And I'm not going to apologize to anyone for that. And um, this whole idea of raising your consciousness, it starts from the lie of evolution from Charles Darwin. So right around this time, the 17 and 1800s, is when all of these deceptions were birthed. And in the 1600s, when the I believe that uh, like Freemasons became a thing. Um, and so people keep telling me like i'm just spiritual i'm not religious i don't know why people are so harping on that like it's not a religion there aren't many religions with truth that's that's a deception so following christ is not a religion you are a redeemer he is the redeemer so i asked this question if you saw with your own eyes his miracles, 
and you saw the crucifixion and you witnessed the resurrection, the ascension, would you still think that he was just another ascended master or just a regular dude who didn't come to pay the price for all of our souls? Think about that. Put yourself in that position. So, no, it's not a religion. This is a universal law that we all need redemption. So, basically what's happened for me is I don't care about anything of the physical because I'm not going to focus on the symptom. I'm focusing on the root issues. So anyone can say I'm being divisive when I'm talking about religion, but I'm not. I'm on the spiritual battlefield now and I'm fighting for the people the same way that I'm fighting um, when I was doing it on the physical and saying, you know, I don't care if I'm called crazy. I don't care if I'm called stupid. I don't care if I can save one person from not being deceived and get the vaccine. I don't care how much I have to go through. This is my same stance. I'm doing the same thing on the spiritual battlefield. I My approach is blunt force trauma. I make memes. I, I poke fun at people. Guess what? It works. <laughs> like, not for everyone. It might People might not respond to, to it. You know, I, I 100% understand that. This is who I am. This is who I've always been. This is this is my personality. I use blunt force trauma. I'm a blunt person. I don't know how to do the tippy toe like around an issue. So I've stepped foot on the sp spiritual battlefield and that's where I am now. So as I go through and expose truths that can seem divisive, to other people, I'm going to keep doing it the more that it triggers people. So I this does not equate to me thinking that people who believe these ideas are evil. I don't think any of them are evil, except for maybe the ones who, you know, at the very, very top who know exactly what they're doing. The everyday people who are deceived by the Luciferian doctrine are not evil, but they might have evil attached to them because of the practices they are doing um, that the new age pushes on them. It's not the same. I'm not attacking the person. I'm trying to attack the spirit that might be attached to you. And it's been very, very uh, prevalent to see uh, them getting very, very annoyed, pissed in the name of Jesus. So I, I rebuke that. In the name of Jesus, that any demons that continue to attack me, that they get pushed out from any of your bodies that are listening to this. Because there's power in the name of Jesus. And if you haven't gone on my page to watch the testimony from the Satan worshiper, you sure as hell should. Because he was very in tune with the spiritual realm. And the only thing that could save someone who against his black magic was a relationship with Jesus Christ. There's power in the blood Jesus. So I just think that most of these people are deceived. They don't understand that they are a victim to generations of lies, uh, just like we have been with every single thing. This is a deception. The new age is a deception. The love and light is a deception. The raising your consciousness is a deception because it all is based on the theory of evolution, which is a deception. Um, the idea of aliens and channeling, channeling aliens is a lie that those are demons and um, you aren't able to discern a Holy Spirit because it's not living within, inside of you. And so 
Lucifer comes as a spirit of light. And um, hopefully one of these days I'll get my friend Grace on here who uh, she was very deep and could channel messages. And the second that she came back to Jesus, they started to attack her and they showed their true faces and they were demons. There's many stories out there that you can uh, listen to from New Age testimonies over to uh, Christianity. And I myself, you know, I've done a lot of psychedelics. So I I was also leaving my vessel open for uh, spirits to commandeer. And um, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. And so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing, you guys. Um, you know, I, I go, I go on paths. I do research on other things, but the attack on me for exposing new age, these people were saying, I, I, uh, personally attacked them and all of this. I, I never personally attacked anyone. I post general content about new age ties to Lucifer and, um, literally like the tribes of Israel and stuff. So, um, sadly, you know, the, they just don't see it and it's called spiritual blindness. And I, I really pray, I pray for the deceived as much as I can because this world is deceived in every way. But the spiritual blindness is where my focus is now. That's, you know, like I, the people who don't like that about me, I've lost a lot of friends since I became a Christian. Uh, that's okay. You know, no one, no one has to be here for me and I'm not perfect. I stumble every day. I get angry. I react. And then they want to throw in like, that's not very Christ-like in my face. Well, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a new creation in Christ, but I'm also human and, and bound to flesh. And so I'm going to make mistakes and I'm learning every day. And I have no problem with being brutally honest, but I'm working on my compassionate kindness, that side of Christ that I'm watering. And uh, I have to I have to just have compassion for these people who who attack me um, because they're not attacking me. They're attacking God. And that's another thing that brought me to this realization is it was always about God. The attacks aren't about us. Not a one. And uh, reading the Bible has really illuminated the origins of where all of these practices came from. In the Old Testament, there is so much sacrifice and worshiping of false gods. And Elijah was one of my favorite stories. And I did um, an episode on this a few months back, which was biblically focused, uh, but I'm sure there's a lot of deception in that too. I can't even listen to my old episodes. I just keep them there so people can see how far I've come. Uh, but Elijah mocked his um, adversaries who worshipped false gods. He mocked them. He said, where's your God? Is it going to do anything? Or isn't it going to start the fire for you? Or maybe he's busy. Who knows? He never tasted death. He ascended right into heaven. These, th what I'm doing right now, and, I, and I'm not, everything I feel like is always misconstrued. That People are saying, oh, well, you can't judge anyone. I'm not judging anyone. 
If anything, I, I mean, that was me four months ago. Like how quickly people forget. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about things I believed. Where do you think I get the, the ideas for my posts? They come from me and my old ideologies. So I'm just, I'm being obedient to, to the Lord. I'm being obedient because I asked him to use me how he sees fit. And this is where he put me. This is, this is where I'm stationed and I'm going to, I'm going to do my duties until he puts me somewhere else. And, uh, thankful to see that even in light of all of the attacks that have happened over the past few days, that so many people came back to the Lord because of it. So it's been beautiful to witness. Can't tell you how many people came in my DMs that told me that I revealed the truth to them in, in this sense and that they picked up their Bible again or that I rekindled their fire or anything. So many people have come back to Christ through my posting just in the past few days. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to submit to no man and no demon attached to any man telling me to stop posting about the truth of the spiritual warfare that we're in. Right after I became a Christian, I lost my job. I got uh, attacks from friends calling me all these horrible things, calling me a witch, lying about me, saying terrible things about me behind my back, spreading rumors. This all leading up to what happened the past few days as well. I felt God tell me, you lost your job, but I was, I knew he was seeing how I would handle that. And I was very brand new in my faith and I leaned in and I said, God, I, I remember I cried for like literally 30 seconds. And then I said, God, I have full faith in you. This, I know this is happening for a reason. And so I leaned in. I started to study the Bible as if it were my full-time job. And I've been doing that for the past two and a half months now. And I started a new job on Monday. Praise the Lord for putting me in an even better position, a better job, a better opportunity, and for giving me the time to really grow close to him and get to know him and do the work that he put me to do. I'm so thankful for that. Um, and I'll tell you some of the things that have happened since becoming um, a Christian is all of my traumas have been healed. I had a lot of trauma from that, the bad relationship I mentioned prior. I had a lot of trauma from growing up with an abandonment issues from my father. Completely gone. Could not care less. Completely healed. And another thing that I noticed was that I've found myself naturally drawing away from certain foods that the Bible um, gives us heat to heed warning to. It's, it isn't like a, I don't want to eat that because the Bible says it happened naturally. It just so happens to be in the Bible too. So I don't really even want to eat shrimp anymore or like, I didn't really eat that much pork to begin with, but I don't really have a taste for it anymore. Um, another thing that I used to struggle with is drinking. I used to drink a lot 
And I even like struggled recently with a situation that I was wanting to get drunk to ease the pain. And the Holy Spirit convicts me at two. And again, this doesn't mean that I am saying guilty or I don't want to drink because the Holy Spirit's convicting. No, it's like it helps me. It takes away the want. It aids me. So I, since I started, since I became a Christian, I haven't drank more than two drinks at a, in one sitting. Oh, actually, that's that's a lot. I did when I went to Vegas. Um, I drank more than I would have liked. And I prayed about that too. I just asked for, like, I, I basically asked that I didn't want to get drunk. And even though I drank more than I wanted to, I was completely coherent and, and not acting belligerent or anything like that. And so, but that, that was the one time. And, um, um, yeah, so everything has changed about my life and this is how I know it's not me. It's Christ who lives in me. Um, and I will struggle and I, and I will continue to struggle, but all I want out of life is to grow closer to him and to bring other people closer to him. And, uh, there was one other thing I wanted to say. Oh, another practice that I've been doing is, uh, Okay, so I just want to say for anyone listening to this, if you're a Christian or not, or if you're interested, a lot of people have a negative things to say about the church or they've had a lot of negative experiences. So have I. That's why I shared that earlier. And even though I do not believe that you need a church to experience God, I will tell you that there is something extremely powerful about people all in one place worshiping the Lord. You feel him there. And that's what changed my life. And I thoroughly enjoy being around the body of Christ. And that's, that's what, that's what the church is. It's not the building, it's the body. And, uh, the worshiping, the worship music is amazing. That's another thing that's changed. I don't really listen to anything but Christian music. I just don't want to. Um, I, I stopped watching, you know, any TV or movies back, you know, when we found out the truth about Hollywood and all that. So, that was just something that I didn't really do. Um, and then I incorporate prayer in my life. And I'm also incorporating spiritual fasting on a, not on a, like a schedule, but I just did my first one with spirit as the, well, I did two, uh, recently, but the difference was cause I used to fast. It's just with a spiritual intent. And when you start to struggle with matters of the flesh, you can, um, devote that to the Lord and say that you are denying any fleshy desires or, you know, refocus your spirit back on God because, um, it's just, that's what this life is about. Once you are born again in the spirit, that's what this life is about. And my friend Hannah sent some of Romans eight to me earlier um, those it starts, I'm starting at five. So those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. 
The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, and even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. It's a universal law that Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Came here in the flesh to rescue us from this flesh prison and give us the gift of the spirit so that we could also be resurrected in the spirit when we die in our flesh. It's not about religion. It's not about divisiveness. I am here to give you this warning so you can at least seek God. Because what's the worst that can happen? Go right back to your old life and pretend it never happened. But if you seek God, your life could change for the better and never be the same. So what do you have to lose? Anyways, I'm glad you guys listened to me. I hope this helps one person out there. And um, I'm always available for any questions, to help anyone, for prayer. Just DM me. I check all of them. And I love to talk about the Lord and the Bible. And I love to pray for anyone who asks for it. I will pray with you. You can join my Bible study. It's for, I'm only doing a woman's now on Tuesdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you are a male and you want to join and you're desperate, you can. I'm not going to turn you away. Uh, but if you're also listening to this and you are a man and you want to uh, start one, I do have a group of men that we have not really set anything up in that regard. Uh, so contact me. But anyways, I, I just really, I'm so happy that God is using me in this way. I'm ever thankful that he has uh, brought me back home. And like I said, if this anything that I'm doing would contribute to just one person coming home. It's all worth it. So thanks for listening, y'all, and I hope you have a good night. Wandering into the night Wanting a place to hide This weary soul This vagabond
Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. That means what he did for another. He can do it again. That means what he did for another. He can do it again. Thank you. 